Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass. This podcast aims to take you behind the scenes of the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass, as well as the automotive and social media worlds. Thank you for listening to us wherever you are on Spotify, Apple Music, or any other podcast player. I'm your host, Sam, from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass, and this week I am joined by fellow YouTuber Tiamet Marduk. I'm still not sure I'm pronouncing that right, but Ben is an F1 gaming YouTuber based in Brisbane, Australia. I've been watching his videos for far too long, uh, but he provides really interesting insight into an entire different side of YouTube that I was previously very unfamiliar with, the world of gaming. But he, of course, is also a mega F1 fan, which meant we had to talk about the forthcoming 2019 season. Subscribe and listen out for future episodes that are coming during this year's Drive the world. I'm going to embarrass you because I actually think I've been watching your channel for maybe five years, maybe six, F1 2013. That's basically when I started. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's way back in the day. So, because I used to be a proper, I used to love F1 gaming. Yeah. And it was only like through work and eventually YouTube that I stopped playing as much as I did. Yeah. But when I was really into it, I was always looking for, yeah, setup tips or even just like info on the new games. Because that yeah. was always the exciting part, wasn't it, when games were launching. And so I came across your channel and your voice was so recognizable every time that I was searching through videos. And so it was before I was really aware of YouTube channels and YouTube as a thing. Wow. But I kept coming across and, and mad that we're now sitting here opposite one another. I know. For me on the other side of the world and for you in your hometown. But <laughs> welcome. Thank you so much for joining me anyway. Pleasure being here. Welcome to Behind the Glass, um, the podcast that is returning now in 2019. And you're the first guest. So. I feel... This weight of expectation yeah, yeah, that I live up to. <laughs> Don't worry. All the previous guests that have been well. on. <laughs> um, well, look, let's kick things off very easily. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself to sort of my audience? Uh, set us up. Who are you? Uh, what is your channel? How did you get started? Okay, so I'm Benjamin Daly. Uh, my YouTube name is Tiamat Marduk. A lot of people have trouble pronouncing I'm, that, by I'm the way. I'm so glad you just said yes. it because <laughs> I've never known I've, how. I've heard a million different pronunciations. Like, I never get surprised anymore. But I make up one gaming videos on YouTube, um, have over 330,000 subscribers, um, and yeah, just have fun just racing and gaming. I w- always wanted to be like a racing car drive when I was growing up, but you know, I was, that was never an option for me, so I just decided to uh, do the gaming thing, and it's just taken off ever since, so. 
And so how did the, the channel start? Because were you already aware of sort of gaming YouTubers? Did you set it up on purpose to be a channel or were you just sharing videos with your mates? No, so it was more like sharing videos with my mates because I was just racing in like a little private league with uh, 12 other gamers or whatever it was. And someone started recording their races and uploading it to YouTube. And I was like, oh, that looks really cool. So I started doing that for like a couple of years. And then I saw other people were commentating over them. So I was like, oh, Okay, that's, that's kind of cool. So I started doing that and doing my own career mode and then just took off from there, which is ridiculous. And at the beginning, there weren't that many people doing F1 videos, right? No. That, I mean, that was the thing is not only were you, was your voice super recognizable, but there really wasn't much else out there. So you were like this leading force in yeah. F1 tips or tips for the F1 games, which for me, I thought this is brilliant. Who is this guy? <laughs> um, and how, so how quickly did it sort of grow and build? Did you feel a big upswing or has it been a very gradual growth? Yeah, so when I invested in a capture card, which like had HD quality, and then I started commentating, I got a better mic, and then I started a proper career mode in 2013, and my channel doubled in size in a month. Went from like 7,000 to 14,000 and just steadily snowballed after that, each F1 game release. It's mad. Yeah. It's a completely different side of YouTube to, to what I do. And mm. I guess, okay, so actually I have another question before I go on to that. When was the first time that your face appeared on your YouTube channel? I think I did a 5,000 subscriber like oh, room okay. tour. Okay, okay, fine. Okay, I, I might have missed that. <laughs> I, 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 I private that, actually. Yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah so, fly. Yeah. Because cause a, a lot of it is, I guess, you in your bedroom, and as you yeah. said, commentating over or talking over, so it's not necessarily Anna, but I know you do some more vlogs now, don't you, these days? Yeah. Um, but at least at the beginning, it was more behind the camera, just doing commentary and stuff. Yeah. So, where do you feel more comfortable these days? I'm still behind, uh, just in the gaming sphere. Um, it took a long time for me to get comfortable seeing my face on camera. Like, first of all, getting used to your voice on camera, that takes a long time to get used to building up your confidence. And then you pull up a camera and I still get a bit nervous in public. So I don't know how you do it on daily. So it's... Honestly, it, that's the thing is the public thing is the stressy part. Yeah. I find like once you start talking, like once you hear a call and you start talking, then it's kind of okay. But the bit I hate is pulling the camera up. Yeah. That's the bit I hate. Cause I feel like everyone looks over and goes, what is that douchebag doing? <laughs> do you feel like more comfortable doing it away from like your hometown or even in your own country? Because I go to the UK and I'm like, oh yeah, here we go, no one knows me here, I'm fine. <laughs> no one knows me, I'll crack on. I can just be a nutter with a camera. Whereas like, there's this race that goes on like five minutes down the road from my house and I know that there's potentially like people like, I go to school with there, like, oh, hello. I'm like, no. When you think you might be recognized, it's far. I, yeah, maybe. I just, I'm, I'm the same as you though. I think in general, I just, I, in big public spaces, I'm still a little yeah. bit nervous. Because it is weird, isn't it? Even though it's YouTubing now is kind of accepted more yeah. widely, it still is a bit of an odd thing to do to yeah. pop a camera and talk to it. Like, I don't know how Casey Neistat does it, but yeah. He's a pro. He's, he's a he's pro. Ridiculous. It's like in an Uber. I couldn't vlog in an Uber. I feel just too uncomfortable. Would no. you, do you say, do you say, excuse me, driver, I'm going to vlog now, or? Yeah, do you have to explain your situation? Or, or like, you just what's start the deal doing there? it? Yeah. And then he goes, what are you doing? I don't, sorry, I don't know what that accent was. That was really <laughs> super racist stereotype. Unmonetized. Yeah. <laughs> Immediately. Um, okay, so let's bring us into the sort of uh, the, the present day, as you said, just over 330,000 subscribers? Yeah, just on. Incredible. And am I right in saying you have now sort of uh, got involved with the esports side of things? I have, yeah. So I've signed to an esports team. I'm more of like a content creator, but I can also kind of drive as well. 
If I put the effort in, yeah. <laughs> that's the biggest thing. But wait, wait, because I'm clueless on esports. I'm literally clueless. So, what is the difference between us playing F1 2018 and esports? So it's probably just the amount of practice and preparation that the drivers put in. Okay. Um, much like an F1 driver, they they do simulator work, they do training. Even these esports guys, even though it's not really that physical, they they make sure they're in physical condition. Wow. They train in the gym. Brennan Lee, who won the championship the last three years, he's training every day. He's on the, the simulator like for seven hours a day, oh training, God. running, but, everything. But, it's, but now it can take places, right? Because McLaren mm, have got their own sort of yeah. esports program and they're trying to, I guess, F1 are trying to incorporate a, a new generation or, or open yeah. up different avenues. And so for, for you, do you see it as like a sort of potential other opportunity or is it just a bit of fun to do alongside the main YouTube stuff? It's a bit of both, to be honest, uh, getting to work with those personalities and, and see how they operate. And it is about attracting a new audience uh, because the, the casual F1 audience is probably, you know, a bit older and this is more accessible. They're quick, short, sharp races, high action entertainment. It's just lots going on. There's equal cars, so the racing is a lot closer. People can overtake a lot easier. And yeah, it's just, it's just different in F1. They're just trying to experiment in that scene to see if it if stuff works in in the main game, kind of. It's a it's an interesting area that you hear a lot of people talking about a lot. So yeah. uh, I, I can see what you know. It, it, it's got to be fun. I need to I need to sort of watch it and find out more about it because I see everyone talking about it. I'm like this esports thing is <laughs> intriguing. <laughs> but as a as a gaming YouTuber, because I'm so unfamiliar with it, sort of what what is your wider strategy? Because I suppose you're kind of locked into F1, right? Yes. So does that frustrate you or do you love it because that's just your passion? Oh, I love F1. It's like what I live and breathe every day. But my audience is so niche. They just like track focused content. Okay. They're not, they're kind of like, oh, they see like a Forza video, which is more casual, more lifestyle-y kind of thing. And it's weird because it's like, it's cars and it's still racing, but it's not quite the same. That's not, uh, but do you feel like it's not the same? Or are you going audience, why are you not thinking that this is... <laughs> I enjoy it. It's it's it brings a different kind of flavor to the channel, but I don't know. They just don't seem to like it as much. Maybe it's just not as exciting. It's just not close racing, or I don't know. It's just there's there's links there that that you know would make you think that they'd like it, but no, it's just not it's just not quite there. I don't know why. I think audiences tend to box off certain YouTubers. And, and sort of associate them with doing certain things. Because yeah. um, if you think about it now, the platform's so flooded, like so many different creators doing yeah. so much, that when you see a creator try and kind of move into a different avenue, the audience are a little bit like, uh, no. <laughs> what is you this? You do rabbit videos. <laughs> if I want to watch my dog videos, I'll go over here. Which is really odd, because if you look at, I guess, the music industry or film industry, actors and musicians can reinvent themselves quite a few times not always successfully yeah yeah <laughs> um but but it's the same with me i think if i do a complete lifestyle video like if i just do a coffee tasting video in brisbane mm. i don't know how that would go down it, it might do all right but people fundamentally would come to my channel to see cars yeah exactly like so, the lifestyle thing like, yeah. it'd be the same as like if you tried to do like what Archie Hamilton is doing, trying to get into like Le Mans or something. Like, Could you imagine? <laughs> it'd be ridiculous. People but... are like, what a loser. Yeah. <laughs> I would fail miserably. <laughs> Let's talk about that for a second because we had a similar dream then growing up, the sort of whole racing driver thing. Yeah. Uh, did you do karting? Did you do anything? 
Uh, no, not really. Okay. I did like hire carts, just like go for the day and do that. We never had the money to to actually get into racing. But when I started like playing racing games and playing competitively against other people, I'm like, oh, I'm not too bad at this. This is not bad. But yeah, it's always something I wanted to do, but it's just motorsports so so expensive. So and, expensive. And that's where the esports comes in because it's like a grassroots and anyone can pick up a controller and be competitive and play and get signed by McLaren or whatever. Yeah. In their and then series. start doing actual simulator work. And then that might eventually lead us to uh, a sort of, uh, what was Gran Turismo's platform? GT uh, Academy. They GT were Academy. throwing them into like GT cars. Yeah. Like GT3 and or something. Jan Mardenbrough. Yeah. The, he's sort of, uh, in my mind, the poster boy a bit, uh, at least recently, that's gone from GT Academy through to proper racing. Yeah. Uh, and hey, who, that might be esports, right? I mean, that could be in the next five years or so, and a new F1 driver that's come from esports. Possibly, hopefully. Well, that's they're doing something world. at the moment with racer champions. Like they've got this, they've got all these different champions from different like categories of racing, and the winner of all these e races will actually compete in the actual race of champions wherever it is. I can't okay. remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, it always moves around. <laughs> <laughs> that's nuts. Yeah. But, Okay, so then in terms of, because I know I want to talk about, you've become more involved with actual the F1 game as well, right? Which is yeah. crazy. And let's touch on that in a second. But have you also had any other cool opportunities just in and around F1 in general? Um, I got to go on the paddock in Melbourne, my first race. Sick. Got to go from just seeing the cars. Oh, yeah, that's cool. And then five minutes later, I'm walking down the pit lane or the paddock area and I'm seeing Lewis Hamilton. No How way. You going? Yeah. <laughs> That's mad. I went on the Thursday and I met like every single driver no on the way. 2017 grid. I yeah. had the, who reached like that happened through a, a corporate partner? Or? Yeah, through Codemasters because oh, wow. I got a pretty good relationship with them. Okay. I said, oh, I'm going to the Grand Prix. I was testing in England at the time in February and I was going there in like two or three weeks time. And they said, why don't you go to the Grand Prix That's as nuts. a representative of us? And <laughs> we got some... Mad opportunities there, just taking photos with everyone. Met Lewis Hamilton like four times. Oh my like, god, I hate you so much. Daniel Ricciardo, <laughs> Sebastian Vettel, like oh, all these people. So cash. Yeah. So cash. Oh, you're there? pretty oh. friendly with Seb as well, so. Oh, well, I'd like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I had to remind him that I'd already met him the second time we met. Oh, no. um, but he was like, oh, yes, yes. I think he said that politely. But anyway. <laughs> um, okay, so you just touched on it. Let's talk about it a bit more because it's quite an amazing story. And if you're an F1 gaming YouTuber, to end up working with the F1 gaming company or the developers of the yeah. F1 game must almost be a dream come true. It is, yeah, because I kind of idolised the developers growing up, like seeing the first F1 game come out in 2010 and seeing the developer diaries and go, oh, what they do it as a job is so cool. Then 2016, I went and I met them and I was like just starstruck meeting those guys. And recently, in this year's game, I've been, my face is in the game. That's crazy. Easy. Yeah. But, but it does not, not feel totally surreal to you? Like, you're in the game, you're part of the game. Yeah, I, been... I don't get it. I yeah. <laughs> never, that was never even a dream of mine. So to have that happen, it's just ridiculous. So how did it happen at the first? Like, did they reach out to you? What was the sort of context? So they, so they reached out to like kind of influential members of the community. There was me and a few other F1 YouTubers and just people who maybe maybe like really fast at the game. We did that testing in 2016. Then we got re-invited for 2017. They got some new tech that was able to 3D face scan people's faces and wow. basically the same thing that they do with the drivers. Wow. And they do it 
with a few of us and we're dotted around in the pit lane and that's stuff. That's amazing. And so were you, are you giving feedback and helping to say, you know, that's not a good feature, let's make this more realistic? Yeah, pretty much. Just okay. giving tips on the handling and just new features that were in career mode at the time, just helping to make the game more balanced and stuff and have a, have a say into like what might go into future titles, which... Okay, well, that's what I was really going to pick cool. up on you because even though I'm playing less and less these days, which frustrates me, uh, I still love the F1 games and it's the first, well, it's really the only game that I buy these days for... for, for I'm on PlayStation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Well, thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> what do you feel is missing from F1 games? What would you add? Because safety cars, damage, you know, all of these different things you always have people griping about. And yes. you've got to have that mix between arcade and simulator. So just you on a personal level, not with your Codemasters, <laughs> <laughs> what would you love to have as an F1 fan, as, as a gamer? Um, I think it would be driver transfers, actually, in oh, career mode. So okay. having like Lewis Hamilton switch to Ferrari or what have you. Sure. Because it can get a little bit repetitive with everyone in the same teams and everything after a few years. Like FIFA allow you to like switch teams and it, it keeps it fresh. Absolutely, because on career mode, for those of you who haven't played F1 game, you can obviously move teams, right? Yes. And you usually replace the second driver. Oh, you can or? actually choose who you can to choose. replace. Yeah. Okay, nice. <laughs> <laughs> but the other AI drivers don't often move around. No, no. And because I haven't played much of F1 2018, how, instead of AI, how many sort of crashes take place? How many incidents take place that don't involve you? So how many yellow flags will you come across in the race? <laughs> uh, you never used to see them, but they're getting okay. better at humanizing the AI a bit more. They're a bit more aggressive. You might see like one or two crashes, plus like a reliability issue here and there. But I actually wish that they make reliability issues for the player because... It's a bit too easy. They, it you can't ever breaks down unless you okay. like run your engine into 100%. And that's, I think, us as mega F1 fans, because I yeah, agree with yeah. you. Like, like, and I guess as a developer, that's where you've got to really find that balance right between yeah, the first-time players or the, the everyday arcade type players yeah. and the, the nerds like us. <laughs> <laughs> because we want, essentially, to be F1 drivers. Yeah, pretty much. Just, just digitally. So we're looking for that real experience. And in our heads, breaking down is a part of being an F1 driver. <laughs> Complaining about driver, the team. Like, oh, God, it's yeah. so annoying. You know, it's part of racing. Keep the two <laughs> engine. <laughs> yeah. That would be incredible. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I can understand why they don't dial that in. But I would often find myself creating those kind of scenarios in, almost in my imagination, so I'd be like, oh, just hold back. Oh, no, I'm stuck in third <laughs> gear. Let's see if I can finish the race. <laughs> Have you been that much of a loser as well? Yes. Yes. <laughs> in the old days, well, I, this is probably a bit controversial to say, but I used to maybe slow down and take someone out off six, camera and six. cause a safety car and make the race a bit more oh, dramatic. Six. Haven't done that in many yeah. years, so don't, don't, don't kill oh, me in the comments. Good old, they're coming for you now. Yeah. <laughs> There's your title. Um, okay, so, so let's move the conversation on a little bit because I'm aware that some of my audience might not be gamers or, or even sure. F1 gamers. Uh, so let's firstly touch on road cars. Yep. You turned up today at this lovely Brisbane apartment in your very yellow, uh, it was a 350, no, 370Z, 370Z, yeah. I was going to say, new headlights. Uh, you have for about, over just over a year? Yeah, a year and a half, almost okay. two years. Happy with two? Yeah. It looks great. It does, know? in person. Yeah, Cameras, really I mean, pops. pictures don't do it justice, and okay. I'm sure you can attest to this when you post everything on Instagram. Oh, it's just like... Damn, when you see it in person, it's just been cleaned. And, yeah, 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 no, it looks, it looks great. And so, uh, have you always had a sort of appreciation or a love for road cars as well as motorsport? Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Um, that actually didn't start until I got my license. Oh, okay. I kind of like cars, but then I really got into it in the last few years, and that's how I found you and Paul okay. and all those guys. I apologize. And, <laughs> and now every day I'm like, oh, damn, no, Sam and his 360, yeah. I, I, I want one. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird that, isn't it? Because you can be an absolute motorsport nut and not always have that translate into road cars. No, which uh, is a yeah, big I, disconnect, I which same, I don't understand. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, you're definitely not alone in that. But as I say, super nice. So... What are you going to do with that car? Because you're about to move to the UK, aren't you? Everyone's asking me, like, are you taking it with you? Like, oh, I want to, but I also want to try the German cuisine over there. Okay. Because here, like, German cars are, like, worth twice as much. Really? Yeah, like, a used R8 is worth twice as much here than in the UK. Oh, wow, yeah, because, yeah, used R8s are true nowadays. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, check it out. Come on, get an R8. That'd yeah, so I'm going to sell that. Okay. The R8 is a dream car. Yeah, I'm thinking so. either M3, okay. RS5, or yeah. S3. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you got to do it as about. well. Because I've noticed here, like, we've literally only been here for a couple of days. And obviously, you have the kind of uh, Aussie muscle scene, which I guess is a, yeah. maybe a trade over from some of the American V8s and stuff like uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's this weird mix of UK and US car culture sure. a little bit. Yeah, we it's, have, it's, yeah, it's interesting. I need to like dive in a little bit more and learn a bit more. But I think, yeah, I haven't seen a lot of the big German whip so i think yeah get, get up on that i think i think you'd be having some fun <laughs> yeah and have you ever had a chance to do like a track day or something i know we talked about karting and you didn't do that but no. what about more recently i think i'd be too scared to take it on the track really? even though i have a racetrack five minutes down the road from my house i think i should do it before yeah. i go yeah oh yeah. Well, you're going to be in the uk we have plenty of racetracks oh yeah, yeah. plenty and and many track days so maybe that could be a thing in your rs5 you could be hooting around tracks but that'd be a good video yeah, yeah. just don't bin it that would be a better video actually yes Ooh, i think it's a clickbait um so then formula one as a sport itself we've already talked about the fact that you're pretty obsessed with it um where did that come from uh, what was your sort of earliest memories of f1 what was your favorite season things like that I didn't really get into it until like lately, if that makes sense. Oh, okay. I started around 2010. Sure. But my earliest memory is like 2007, 2008. Okay. Remember okay. like Lewis, ha oh no. Yeah. I mean, it might have been 09 actually. 
Remember Hamilton like struggling oh, in his really? McLaren, oh, yeah, trying, okay. trying yeah, to, <laughs> trying to trying to get the car back on the pace to catch up with those bloody brawns. And, yeah. and then I really got involved when the Mark Webber Sebastian Vettel clash happened at Turkey. Okay. From then on, hooked. And so when did the channel start? Um, so I had a channel back in 2010, 2011, but I didn't start properly until like 2013. Okay, so the gaming and the actual F1 watching kind of happened at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. I, I got into F1. I properly get into, got into F1 because I heard there was an F1 game coming. I played it and that further cemented my fandom okay. with the sport. Nice. <laughs> and were you a Weber or a Vettel man at that point? What kind of question is that? <laughs> I'm Australian. It had, it had to be asked. Yeah. <laughs> Weber for sure, but I'm more of a Daniel Ricciardo man. Yeah. Okay, I, yeah. I think I kind of supported Weber more because he was Australian, but sure. I, I genuinely love Ricciardo. He's such a character. So we have to move on to F1 2019. The big man, the big move to Renault. Oh, yes. What's going to happen? I don't know. I, I'm praying, honestly. It, it, it's a long-term play, almost like Lewis Hamilton to Mercedes in 2013. I don't know if it's going to work though. I, I really feel like Red Bull Honda have got to going to have a really good package. Do you think? This year. It's I a think dark so. Horse yeah, because like the Honda was keeping up. It was like par with like Renault last year. It was like not really lacking in a straight line. And I think if anything, it was probably carrying the Toro Rosso, which probably didn't have the best chassis, but I think it was solid. And with more development with Red Bull and having four cars to synergize the energy or the data together, I think that'll really help them. So why did he move? I think we know why he moved. Because <laughs> <laughs> in a straight up fight with Max, it's yeah. pretty uh, very hard I, to beat. I, I think over a season at this point, he, he, might, have, he might still have it. If, if they had equal reliability, I think he's got the head on him and the long-term play in him that, that he could still edge it. But one or two seasons further down the line, I think Max's whole package will be much more rounded. Yeah. And I think maybe Daniel saw that and thought, well, this kid is just too much. Let's, yeah. let's get out. And oh, he had to make that move. Yes. And you're right where Renault, if it comes off, it will be like freaking bravo. Yeah, the biggest decision of his career. Yeah. Absolutely. Last 10 years. Renault have always won whenever they've entered the sport, eventually. Yes. But now, like, oh, I don't know. I, it makes me, like, agitated because I'm a big fan of Ricardo as well. Yeah, yeah. I think so, he's, like, everyone's second favourite driver. Yeah. It's no just, matter who you support. It's what you, I feel like I would be like if I was in F1. Yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> or like, I, well, I'd like to think I would be like. Because <laughs> he's just having so much fun the whole time. Um, what was he like? You got to meet him very briefly in Melbourne? Yeah, I got to meet him a few times. Um... Just said hello, hello, g'day. That's the okay. hybrid of the two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was very friendly. He, him and Lewis Hamilton were the most friendly guys really? that I met okay. um, out of any of the drivers. I also went to Abu Dhabi 2017 for the finale that year. Oh, nice. Saw him there too. He was also very friendly. So, yeah, how cool. really cool. Okay. He's, he's just like he is like on, on camera. I'm sure. Is, I'm sure. Yeah. You, you couldn't really cool. pretend to be that nice that like, You just get exhausted. No, after yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, we're going to keep our fingers crossed. I don't think 2019 is going to be his year. It'd be great if he got a podium, just to yeah. be a bit of a middle finger up to everyone that kind of disrespected it. But I think we're looking at 2020, 2021. For... I hope they're playing it. I hope they're downplaying like what they've got behind the scenes. I, I, I hope so. Think like... Some people are quietly confident that they might be a bit better than what they were last year and they might get maybe a couple of they've podiums here and there. They've been moving forward. And if you look at the rest of the... They've got to destroy the rest of the midfield, surely, next yes, year. Yeah. But it's whether they can ever tap into that top three. Um, and 
yeah, who, who knows? But it would be exciting if he. I, I would hate to see his career now dwindle and yeah. it seem like a mistake. But uh, only time will tell. Yes. <laughs> um, the the question that I really want to ask, which I've been asking everyone, is who is going to win in the Vettel Leclerc battle? I think Leclerc might win. I think so too. He's very promising. Oh He's my god, so exciting! Ridiculously quick. Sure, he struggled at the start of the season versus Ericsson, but he came on so strong. He looked like a. He was outperforming that Sawa ridiculously. Unbelievably. I think the confidence he's got at the moment will push him forward. Yeah. And Vettel, like, what the last two seasons, what's going on, uh, dude? What is going on? Overthinking, I don't know, too desperate. Just those first, so many first lap incidents which really set him back. Just that, I think that mistake in Germany he made was just like the catalyst for everything. That if, was... if he wins that race, probably... I don't know, at least takes it to the final race of the season. For sure. But as you say, from there, it just seemed to spiral out of control. Yeah. And it's so weird. I, I, over Christmas in my bored state, uh, I went back and watched <laughs> loads of like highlights videos from like 1999 highlights, but also yeah. uh, a lot of Lewis Hamilton's like 2012, 2013. And Lewis used to make a lot of mistakes. Uh, you know, yeah. he really did. And especially in those kind of years, like he was, he was a bit messy. And... I think it's easy to say the guy in the fastest car is always going to win and yeah. the board of Lewis, but in my mind, being a Hamilton fan, he has just become the most complete driver and he doesn't make mistakes nowadays. He just seems to get better with age. Oh it's ridiculous. My God. It's, it's ridiculous. And this year, he would have, I believe, he would have won the championship in a Ferrari. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, I, he I just do, had so much composure. Just... So much composure. And Vettel really seemed to lose that championship. Yeah. I think, yeah, Lewis came on strong towards the end, but that's because Vettel was just fading away so quickly. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm really excited by Leclerc, and I think uh, it, would be, it would be great for the sport if he went in there and took the fight immediately to, yeah. to Hamilton. And it worries me about what Vettel will do because he didn't cope with Danny Rick coming in and beating him very well, he's got he? nowhere else to go after this. Oh. Like, after, after Ferrari, do you then sacrifice everything and try and go to Mercedes? But, oh. like, who wants to go up against Lewis Hamilton? No, exactly. And especially when you lose in another team, you know? Like, yeah. it's, it's just... I mean, do you go back to Red Bull? I feel like he soured those grapes a bit too much. Christian Horner still talks well of him, but, okay. you know... They, I, think, I think they would take him back, to be probably, honest. Probably. Might have to take a bit of a pay cut. But. <laughs> <laughs> but do you not feel like just because of the driver changes, it sets up next year for just being super exciting? Oh, yeah. There's so many driver changes. You just don't know what's going to happen. It's Ooh. just refreshing rivalries up and down the field. It's, it's, we it's going to be such the, a good year. You mentioned your sort of hope of that happening in the game, of you know drivers changing. And yeah. This is it in real life now. Because whilst there are not a huge number of... Uh, uh, rule changes we've got lots of new wings um, yeah uh, the drive changes I think you know, what's going to make it super interesting and seeing how Kimmy <coughs> performs at Sauber and all these yeah. new faces Lando Norris I'm excited by I think we'll make it good view I don't know how I'm going to watch it this year <laughs> I'm going to be the wrong time how, how do you watch it with time zones I'm fine because it's on in the afternoon for Australia but most like the European rounds run at like 10pm I was going to say which I actually really like yeah, because I can I can good. do everything during the day and then chill out at night and watch yeah, it because I actually love the for us that's like the American Brazil races and Canada at evening and I actually love it as well yeah. like 7-8pm Perhaps those American races are on at 5 a.m., 4 a.m. It's really bad. It's like, do you stay up? Do you wake up really early? And me, I'm a bit of a night owl, so that's a bit of an option for me. So I end up staying up late. Is that when you're doing your filming editing? Um, Yeah, filming, editing, racing, talking to my girlfriend who's in the UK as well. So, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just a bit mad, really. What's your editing process like, though? Because uh, how much cuts and, and... you know, so time and effort goes into the edit. 
Um, so you have to like bring a whole weekend together, say for career mode, you briefly touch over practice, then qualifying, you show your fastest lap, and then you, I try and edit down so you just show crucial parts of the race, so me overtaking drivers, strategical moments, and there's other little bits. I spent a good like two hours editing, okay. which for some people is a lot. Others, yeah. not much, because I know other people who are doing F1 gaming videos and they're editing for twice as long. So it's oh. just like everyone has their process, but... I, after many years of like, like getting used to it, I've, I've been able to like do a few shortcuts here and there and nice. get it done quicker. So. You find your way, don't you? You find your rhythm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So who are the other sort of F1 gaming YouTubers then? Are there a, big, a, lot, a lot of them nowadays? So the second biggest guy is Arav. He's from the UK as well. He's on like 230 as well. Okay. Then there's a big gap to the next guy. We had a few people quit over the years. Well, Maddie G, right? Yeah, yeah, he's doing WTF1. WTF1, which uh, I actually did their podcast and uh, I saw uh, that. Yeah, yeah. have done a bit. So I'm sure a lot of my listeners and, and viewers will know about those guys. So uh, Matt, the presenter, used to be gaming, uh, what, F1 gaming YouTuber. Right? Yeah, yeah, as okay. well. So then he bailed and went for the big time. What a seller. I think all of us would, to be honest. The amount of opportunities he's doing is amazing. That was a good call that came his way. But uh, okay, so you lost him. So, so it's really you and Arab, and then a, a handful of sort of smaller guys. Yeah, around like 50, 40, 30, 20k. Okay. So and there's UK or Europe based. Most of them are UK. Okay, wow. I think they're all UK. It's a couple of Australians, but they're like a thousand subscribers. Okay. So it's okay. like, yeah, if you want to be an F1 YouTuber, get in now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Here's the opportunity. <laughs> it's kicking off. Yeah, there's not many of us. So then, so then what's it been like being a YouTuber in Australia and in Brisbane and, and then I guess within quite a niche space? Yeah, so like YouTube as a term is like not really well, like YouTubers, there's not really many around here. And especially like anyone who's into F1, that's like even further like from, yeah. the, from the point. So yeah, it's quite rare to have a YouTuber from Australia, from Brisbane. So there's not really much going on here in terms of opportunity. So I'm actually moving to the UK in a month or two. That's the big news. To, yeah, <laughs> to chase some, uh, to just be closer to the sport of F1 and other people and some more opportunities and hopefully make better content. That's got to be super, super interesting because I, I was so lucky when I started YouTube that I had uh, Paul Supercars London uh, mm. and Tim Shmi 150 uh, literally like an arm's length away. Like those guys picked me up and, and helped me grow my channel, but, but taught me so much. And it's such a weird career and life. And you can only explain it and talk through your sort of issues or concerns with other YouTubers because no one yeah, else gets no one it. Like, you know, no one understands. Complaining about editing, people are like, go away. Like, you know, like, you're, aren't you making five million pounds a minute? Like, yeah. you know, people don't understand. So I can imagine that must have been quite difficult uh, at the beginning at least, and maybe still yeah. more recently. Uh, because it's a, it's a lonely job at the best of times. Yeah, you're in your own all day, editing, commentating, doing, it, doing what you have to do. And... Uh, yeah, you can talk to your mates like oh, through Skype or whatever in your party on Xbox or whatever it is and it's not quite the same but yeah, you just have to find friends where you can and just like vent, complain about the platform or whatever. Yeah, YouTube's a funny exactly place it. in 2019 so it's always things to talk and about. And your parents were always cool with it? or did no. They... no, no, really? no. Okay. They wanted me to stick with uni. I was doing accounting for four years. Oh, I'm technically years. still in uni no, but I haven't... No. <laughs> haven't yeah, I'm just haven't ever turned up. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I have 10 years to finish the course, but I'm not going to do the course. University of Brisbane or? It's in, Ips, uh, it was in 
Yeah, Ipswich. It's like even know half it an hour. Yeah, half an hour. It's been so long. That's yeah. amazing. They, they didn't want me to do it at first, and then they saw these opportunities that were coming through it. I was traveling to Europe and to Abu Dhabi and meeting F1 drivers and being in the game, and they, they completely get it now. So That's the thing. I think the, the way the... the so social media is, is growing, the way that being a YouTuber is growing and the opportunities that are coming from it. Uh, even if you don't know where, you know, the answer, where does this take you? What does this mean? You know, I, I feel, I don't know about you, but I feel like I get that a lot. You know, yeah. when you say I'm a YouTuber, they go, oh, so where do you see yourself in five years? I don't always have an answer, but I do feel like the opportunities, the people you meet, the doors that are open to us at the moment could provide amazing opportunities. Yeah. Like you said, you didn't see yourself in an F1 game but now you are in one and you've got a great relationship with developers of games and esports and stuff like that. So who knows what the yeah. future might hold. Who, who would have thought you'd be driving an F1 car oh, earlier this, or last oh year? Oh my yeah. God. Okay. That would have been an experience. I, w- I need to loop you in on an email to Infinity because that is everything you think an F1 car is going to be times it by 10. Yeah, my, I, can't, my, I can't imagine. My brain couldn't... <clears throat> I thought I was ready. I thought I knew what to expect. Yeah. We've watched enough, enough F1. That was like, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> but no, I mean, not a chance. And the, I didn't even experience downforce. Like, no, because you, you have to push so much uh, to get yeah. the grip in the tyres. Oh, and... the confidence is never going to be there. It's, yeah. Like, I, I was a frustrated wannabe racer up until the age of about 12 or 13 when I was, I was crap uh, <laughs> and ran out of money. Uh, and so uh, abandoned that career and never ever since, you know, just raced around the streets <laughs> legally, by the way. Um, uh, and so getting that opportunity, you're just so like blown away by it. But the accelerate, the car I think is running at like 80% of what it could do. So okay. it's, it's pretty close, but yeah. it's obviously uh, pretty safe. Was well, it dulled down like traction control wise or something? Yes. They, so basically you've got a guy sitting in the back Everything's kept within safety for reliability. So the, the engine revs to 15,000 instead of 18, I think. Okay. And it's got six gears instead of seven, or, you know, All right. it runs six gears instead of seven. And then you've got a guy sitting in the back of the garage uh, who I sort of clocked pretty early and went, went to chat to, who is essentially live controlling traction, ABS, etc. Wow. So he basically reads your install lap and goes, okay, turn this off, turn that off. <laughs> and he says the majority of people they have for that experience, because you can just go and buy it. It's like 15 grand, I think, pounds. So oh, like just do it. Okay, yeah. Let's just okay. go and do that day. Um, uh, he said the majority of people come in, he, he runs them at like uh, 65, 70% traction control and like 50% ABS. Uh, he said, but every now and again, you come in and you can turn it all off. And he said, it's still pretty hard to spin out. Yeah, okay. So uh, acceleration, I kind of got the idea of, but man, braking. Like, that's yeah. the thing which you're not prepared for. I kicked that brake pedal like I kicked like a man who had a gun against my mum's head. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, <laughs> yeah. I kicked it so freaking hard. Came back to the pits and they told me it was 46% brake pressure. I oh, no. 46%. And they said that the drivers apply a minimum of 75% for every corner. Yeah. I mean, What? What? It's ridiculous. It's another world, dude. It's another world. But anyway, hopefully you'll get that experience at some point. Hopefully, um, that'll yeah, be the dream. You're on the, you're on the right track. <laughs> um, anyway, look, uh, we, we've been chatting enough. Um, uh, if, if there's anything you want to sort of say, say to my audience, anything to, to tease about the future, we've already talked about your big move to the UK, exciting stuff with esports. Anything else you kind of got planned? Any ambitions for this year or, or, or moving forward? Um, well, I guess because you guys are car fans, I might be trying to get my dream car i'd love to get like an r8 like i said so if i do get get that i might make some vlogs on that or something. Dude, amazing so, well i need to link in with paul wallace as well and you can go yeah. get some really horrible exhaust <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah i need an exhaust i think an r8 is just a bit too 
they'll it's a bit bitchy, the, yeah, the V8 ones are, are super super subdued for some reason so you just yeah make it nice and shouty and put some awful wrap on it and yeah. you'll be away you'll be at the UK car scene before yeah. you know it <laughs> well anyway thank yeah. you so much thanks for coming to chat yeah, it's um, been a pleasure it's been great visiting your, your hometown and finally me I mean it's weird hearing your voice and yeah. then seeing you yeah, likewise because I've, yeah. I've been watching you for probably just as long as you've been watching oh, me mate, so. thank you very much look at us like welcome <laughs> to um, cheers buddy thank you so much that's alright it's been a pleasure Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.